0: Hello, everyone. This is Scott McNamara with What's New in Adapted Physical Education. So, I have Chris Ahrens from San Diego Unified School District. Thank you, by the way, for having your, your district right on the Zoom thing, so I can don't have to even like really remember it. So, I have seen it
1: up for you, Scott. I'm teeing it up for you.
0: <laughs> Chris is a APE teacher. In the San Diego Unified School Districts, he's been a well acclaimed school uh, APE teacher for years and years that we've we've crossed paths many times. Also, a Paralympic athlete with the U.S. soccer team, as well as his new endeavor is he has a podcast called Talk Adapted PE, and that's kind of why I have him back on the show. I believe you were on the show years ago now, and I have you back on because you have your own podcast, and we're competing, we're we're fighting. Uh, no, I'm actually really, really happy. The biggest thing and I'll start off with this is that biggest thing that people have asked for me and this seven I, I, I'm closing eight years now of my own podcast, which is crazy in that time the pro you know aside from uh, some maybe more critical things that have come up here and there about my podcast is just more and also a practitioner kind of thing. I, I've kind of gone let's let's get into you. to talk about you. But obviously, I want to talk about your podcast. and, And I'm really happy that you that you created this practitioner centric podcast. So real quick, let's let's introduce Chris, talk a little bit about yourself and your background in APE a little bit maybe about your podcast.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Always happy to join the show. You do. You were the first. You're the you're the OG, as we say across disciplines. You're the OG of adapted PE podcasting. So it's always an honor to be around you, and I'm really grateful for the content you've given the field. I remember being really excited when I stumbled upon your podcast probably eight years ago. Quite honestly, I think I've been around as a listener from the start. So, um, yeah, just a little bit about myself. As Scott mentioned, I I do teach in the San Diego Unified School District. I've been doing that for about uh, 14 years now. In the last year, I did assume a little bit of a new role. I'm still teaching. Um, I, I, previously, I was itinerant, covering, covering anywhere from four to, to to nine schools in a year. Also, handling initial assessments for the district. But in the last year, my role has transitioned to uh, I'm one of three of the lead adapted PE teachers, and we're responsible for the day to day operations of the department. We handle the assignments. Um, if principals have an issue, we you know we we communicate with principals we handle the staff developments, the PD days, the staff meetings. We handle all those types of things. So with that, uh, I'm in an office doing sort of administrative work some of the time, but I also still did keep one high school site, which which I'm really grateful for because um, I don't want to lose that perspective of being in the field and having to do it uh, to do the job on the regular. So uh, that was, that's been new over the past year and there's been learning curves with that while also balancing a growing family. So there's been a lot going on and I figured what, you know what, why don't I make my life even busier and let's start a podcast because that's what I need right now is more things to do. But, um, it's sort of truly, truly inspired by yours, Scott, is that, uh, I always found you so interesting. Um, and combine that with, I would, you know, be on social media and I would see what, people were putting out there and I'm like, wow, this is way better work than I'm doing in my own work. And I'm learning from these people. This is, this is incredible. And so I just thought it'd be really neat to have a podcast that was sort of focused on the everyday adapted physical education teacher, allow them to share what they're doing so that, uh, people could learn about it. And, uh, I think the, I think the response has been overall pretty positive, uh, I've had a lot to learn. So people, my listeners have had to, you know, go through the hiccups with me a little bit. Um, but it's it's been it's been pretty cool and, and I've enjoyed it. So yeah, that's kind of the genesis behind it.
0: I love that. Um yeah, talking a little again, like, and I appreciate all the the, the positive words, um, and I don't deserve them. So <laughs> uh like you said, it's been a stumbling through the process. Same, same with me. I think it is. You know, there are people now like that have podcasts as like full-time jobs or you know, a big part of their job. That is not, you know, probably in the books for either of us. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a journey of learning all the things, and I'm sure you're learning all of them too, audio guest scheduling and and um, interview questions and editing and putting it out there. It's it's it does it is kind of a lot uh, when you get into it. I am interested though, about, you know, a little bit more about going a little bit more into the talk adapted PE. So every episode, I believe you have nine episodes this last year and every episode you interview a different practitioner. And I agree with you that when I go on Twitter, I I send my students, my undergrad students to Twitter now, and I tell them to, you know, whatever certain keywords to put in when we're, you know, obviously it's not the very first time that they're lesson planning and things like that, but like, there's great ideas out there. And, you know, that they, they sometimes the one thing is, is also those sifting through to make sure that they are good ideas because sometimes they're not always great ideas. So <laughs> I, I do want to talk a little bit about like that practitioner focus for a second. So, you know, I've been I, I think I, I've stumbled through and but I've definitely the last year or two, three years. Definitely going on like more higher concept things. And often I go towards people in higher ed now because that's where I'm at. You know, I'm in higher ed and I've I've definitely left that practitioner world more and more and more. Sometimes I do one. I did one in October about navigating uh, APE deserts. I liked a lot where I had a bunch of teachers on. But like, I I feel like you are filling a space that is really necessary, um, especially as an APE teacher. I can't think of a better person to do it. Um, can you just talk a little bit more on on the importance of getting the voice of APE teachers from an APE teacher's uh, you know perspective?
1: Yeah, and I and I appreciate you saying uh, filling the void because that's that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to replicate what you were doing. Um, the, the, we don't need redundancy at this point, even though there's only a couple of us, and you know there's obviously. Um, you know, there's, there's Ritzo on the, the other side that is very friendly for our field and includes a good amount of it. But, um, I didn't, I felt like you, uh, were pretty broad, but I did notice that it felt like your focus had changed quite honestly. I noticed that in the episodes and, it, and it, whether that was intentional or not, I don't know, you can speak to that, but it just felt like we were putting out more episodes that sort of had that university level, I'll call it, um, scope. And, and so, um, You know, and again, I'm going to I'm going to go back to social media and, you know, whether it's the Facebook groups. And if your listeners aren't, there's some great adapted P.E. Facebook groups where people share information. And obviously we we spoke of Twitter. And I think what really got my wheels turning for the need for this is people would put up questions. And I'm grateful they did. They should ask questions. So I don't want to come across wrong here. Uh, but they, they, sometimes there were head scratching questions to me, whether it was about assessment or just the, uh, you know, I did an episode with Melissa Bittner, who obviously is is a well known professor, but she's so dialed in on the assessment process, that that's one thing that stood out to me is that we were missing, you know, what do we need to do, it would seem that it was inconsistent that people were not performing standardized assessments across the board. Uh, and And that's, Concerning, right? We we should be. We need to be stronger as practitioners. We need to be stronger assessors because that is the legal part of things that we uh, that we justify the need or not the need for our services. Quite honestly, or I, I would be and I would see somebody ask a question and they would refer to things like, "Oh, I'm teaching an APE class at this school," and I'm like, "Well, that's interesting because you know the buzz lingo in our field is that it's a service and not a placement." And so to me, it started to sound like. Uh, it, if the students were in a designated self-contained classroom, that they just went with the adapted PE teacher, and then that filled their physical education time. And it was just once a week, and it may not be meeting the state mandate for minutes. And obviously, when you start to factor in IEPs and our services, those, it becomes a, a larger conversation. But I know that from the classrooms I serve, there are kids that, especially at the high school level, do not need my service at all and need to be in a general PE class, on their own, doing their own thing. And so these are the types of conversations that got me really curious. And then I'm going to use Matt Barker and Jeff Watkins um, and Nicole McCoy. They were people that I followed on Twitter. And if, if you go to their Twitter pages, I mean, the innovative things that they're doing with switches and blowers for uh, – and, you know, different districts call this population – different things. And I don't necessarily love the lingo we use in my district. We use moderate to severe. And I just don't love that. But, you know, or, or severe and profound. I don't love that. But again, I'm trying to paint a picture for your listeners, the the types of students that we're working with and the switch work where they're doing where they'll have a, a blower hooked up and the kid, the student pushes a button and the football flies through like a mini goalpost setup. like and this is a student that they only have the movement to push the button like that. that. That's it. Um, And I just found that so fascinating. And I thought that if there could be a platform that people could revisit and listen to, and maybe they don't catch everything the first time they listen to it, but if something piqued their interest or like, wait, I knew that was, I knew that was listed somewhere. I can go back to the podcast and find it. So it's really just trying to get information out into the field from those people that are are doing it every day. Um, And then I would say on the, the last part I would share, and I'm kind of filibustering right now, but the... When I, when I came out and I came from a strong program at Brockport, so it's not that I didn't feel prepared and I don't want Dr. Lieberman listening to this thinking that's what I'm implying because I'm not, but I will say that when I came out and I came to San Diego, it was very different in New York. So in New York, you know, you're typically hired as a general PE teacher that probably does some adapted PE work. And you work with students with with that. But in California, we're certificated in adaptive physical education, and we're itinerant, and we're also having a variety of service delivery models such as collaborate, direct collaboration, consult, et cetera, et cetera. And so I knew that if I knew what it was like in San Diego now working as a professional, but I remember where I came from that it wasn't like that. And so I just thought that, again, getting more voices out there about what it's like in their state and their district, Uh, would just be helpful for everyone. Because if you can pull one piece from someone that you're like, oh, that actually does apply to us here. uh, I just, you know, I think we would all benefit from that. So that's pretty long winded answer about why the practitioner centered focus, but I I hope that's what you were looking for.
0: I, I I think podcasting are made for filibustering. So (laughs) Um, no, I think that's great. And I, I agree with you on a number of things. So the one is like, yeah, is that you know, I, I always look at California, Minnesota, maybe, um, uh, you know, certain parts of like, like Fairfax, Virginia, uh, like those places have really nice, they ha- they actually have a variety of models occurring and uh, best practices to some degree. And I'm sure that in your district and everywhere else, there's, you can always get better. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of places where that's not occurring and it and gets some voice. Into that, I think, um, you know, the first thing you said about a set, uh, you know, it should be a service, not a setting or placement. Um, you know, where I'm at right currently, that's it's so predominant. Um, I had an argument with the special ed director recently that was like, they were arguing it was a placement, <laughs> and, yep. I, I mean, and I mean, that's like, common. That's I mean, more I'm common. Than I'm of. Special ed directors should know the law pretty well, and I'm like, it's just a special ed service, which means. It's not a placement. I mean it's it's actually quite simple once you actually think about it. But uh anyways, so I think I think you're I think you're absolutely right that there is a significant need and a need to talk. I, I think sometimes that our community can get very fragmented um and isolated and not know where those places are. And I think having Facebook, podcast, conferences, whatever, um I, I think the biggest thing to me is that we have more. Um, It's not the only thing. And I I think one of the other things is quality, which Mm -hmm. you're also talking to and you're talking about that. Um, that, I do have a question on that: is How do you, like when you have your guest on and such, um, how do you get quality teachers coming on? You're not always, like I always find that to be a difficult thing in the teaching world because as a researcher, I can read your research. And I can kind of assess your quality from that. I think teaching is a lot more difficult to assess from a far away perspective. Um, Yeah,
1: no, without a doubt. And um, even in, you know, it was interesting because you actually gave me some advice before I started that as the moderator, you're going to, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to decide, like, do you step in and essentially like correct the record or do you, do you let something stand? And that's always been top of mind for me. And I remember texting you after one saying that as I listened to it, like it was almost like a, a coach re rewatching a game plan and then being like, Oh, I should have pressed a little harder here. So I, so I have had that. However, the individual I would still, I still feel is a strong teacher. And it was more around the legalities and the standardized assessment parts where, you know, they essentially reference, like, yeah, we don't really have like the TGMD in our district. And I'm like, in my head, I should have been like, how can you not have the TGMD in your district? Right. That's what I should have done. But, but I met, but again, it was only, you know, my second or third episode and I, and I, and I missed it and I'm, but yeah, a lot of it is what is, what is helpful. So social media is fake. Let's just own that upfront. It's fake. It's only the best things, right? We, We know that. But at the same time though, I would, I would frequent people that, you know, the content they were putting up just seemed consistently quality. Now I, I obviously can't go into their environment on the daily and, and, and ensure that it is, but you know, are, were they, are they consistent in their posts? Are they, are they putting a lot of information out there that al- at least allowed me to screen it? Um, another way that I did, and it was with, um, Heidi Ambrosius was one of my recent ones and Heidi is very active in the Facebook groups, and I just always appreciated the depth of her knowledge and the information she shared. She oftentimes answers a lot of questions. She's also an adjunct professor, so that's helpful too. So not only is she in, in the field as a teacher, she is also uh, doing getting pre-service teachers ready out here in California. Um, But it's really just based on, you know, and then for Melissa Bittner, I went through her, I went through her, uh, she did a professional development last summer on assessment and myself and my fellow two other lead teachers and a good percentage of my department actually all took it. And we came out of that and have implemented so much to improve our district's assessment practices. So that was firsthand experience that I knew Melissa would be able to provide quality information on the assessment process. So, you know, again, just perusing their, their social media, and seeing, are they posting regularly? And can I, you know, I, I have an idea of what best practices are. So if their videos, in my mind, are kind of highlighting it, uh, are you know, is that it? Uh, leaning on some previous relationships of people that you know, when when you come out of Brockport, it does feel like you know most of the people in adapted PE, quite honestly. And then also just you know, again, someone like Heidi who was commenting regularly, and and I found her information to be quality uh, and helpful. So those were kind of the factors that went into it. But you raise a good point. You know, if somebody put up one video of one thing, I'm like, oh, I really like this. You know, I I, I haven't put anyone on like that from the podcast yet for the podcast. Excuse me. Um, so I try to find people that have shared a decent level uh, of their work so that I can at least feel reasonably confident that they've done some good work. I,
0: I think it's always hard. And I always I, I don't you know, I'm, I I. I'm teaching, uh, tomorrow to my sophomore class and my sophomore class is, uh, they're in like these elementary physical education placements. And I'm going to talk to them about perfectionism because I have a really strong group, but they're like obsessed with being perfect in a lot of ways. And I think they've honestly, they've raised expectations where I'm going to go and observe them. And I think they're like, they're freaking out about it because they want everything to be perfect. And I, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them, Try to tell them, uh, you know, that there's no perfect lesson. There's no perfect like that's just not it. Like it's okay. Like, and there's no perfect guest. There's no perfect, you know. There's no perfect teaching. Um, so I think you know, there's obviously not, you know, whatever. It's there's always gonna be that thing. But I, I, as a podcast creator, I always think about that. And, you know, I, I told you, um, in private, but I'm, I'm happy to say it in public too. But that, I've had podcast guest on that I have gotten some uh, some complaints about I guess or some in uh, such and it's happened a few times now and maybe one or two were, were more prominent or, or like the, the complaints and stuff. Um, I don't regret having them on there but I regret how I handled my interview style of being less confrontational in that, <laughs> that experience. And as you said, these are learning experiences. That didn't happen until year four or five or whatever for me either. Um, but I do think it's something that's interesting to reflect on.
1: Um, I think at the end of the day, too, though, Scott, it, it's your podcast. So, you know, people can certainly offer you some critiques. And if they, they yeah. weren't happy with your line of questioning, that's, that's it can be fair while also at the end of the day saying – it's, it's my podcast. I choose to get, you know, I think if you were to look at some of the really big b- people in the podcast space that, you know, get a lot of money to do what they do, you know, they, they're, some of them are pretty unapologetic about who they bring on and giving a platform to at the same
0: time. So I think it's a, I think it's a fine line, quite honestly. I do. I think it's, I think when you're representing a field though, which sure I'm that's fair. not saying I am, but like when you're sometimes doing that, I think it's, or you're you're trying to provide professional development, which I think both of us are trying to do to some degree. We have some responsibility in having you know quality guests, and again, having a strong line of questioning for it. But I don't disagree. And just so everyone knows, Elon Musk is going to be my next guest. Right, so and
1: it'll um, be controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Follow that up with Joe Rogan too, right? Really? Yes. Elon Musk, Joe Rogan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So two of them, but I've been waiting. Uh, but yeah.
1: Um, well, no, and just to, but you, you raise a really good point there when you say representing a field. And, and, and I think we would both agree that we are trying to strengthen the field by doing what we're doing. We're not, uh, I'll be the first one. I'm not in this to get rich. I'm not in this for her, for myself, but, and, and the people I've had on from what I can tell, I would classify them as stronger teachers than myself, actually, even quite honestly. So, and so it would be disingenuous to be totally dismissive of people if they have feedback and especially when they're looking to us to possibly strengthen their practice or be enlightened on something in our field. Um, So so that does need to be front of mind. I do agree with you.
0: Yeah. Honestly, almost. And and I don't get critical feedback every episode whatsoever. It's more almost like on a yearly basis. I get some, Um, but almost all of it's been helpful for me.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: So I appreciate it. And it's made me better. So and I, I guess I'm kind of talking out about mine. But my question to you is, what have you learned from your podcast? Like, what have you learned from doing your podcast, having your guest on? Um,
1: yeah. Well, the I have to share somewhat of a story. I, I, I named it the wrong thing. So it's called the Talking Adapted PE Podcast. And the only reason it's called that is because on my first episode, that's how I introduced it. But that was not the logo I had mocked up and everything like that. It was just, I think I was just going to call it the Adapted PE Podcast. Um, But right on my first intro, I was like, welcome. Because obviously I kicked around a few names. Right, That's what you do. And I I kicked around a few names and I was like, the Talking Adapted PE Podcast. And I was like, well... I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit that. I can't really edit that out. And you know, I guess I could have, if I wanted to, but I was like, it doesn't sound bad. So I'll just run with it. So that's one thing is that I actually unintentionally named it its name, which is just kind of funny on some level. I think what I've learned, I mean, quite honestly, it's, it's a cliche answer, but so much, but I think what I've learned first and foremost is just how much work it is. <laughs> um, it is, it is a lot, a lot of work. So for anyone listening, first of all, join the space. You know, Scott joked that we're rivals, but the reality is um, Scott's been so incredibly helpful and and we we support each other and it's great. and I'm grateful for that. and j- join us that we if we're if we're about putting information out, join us. no doubt about it. But what I will say is that from, the naming and the making the logo, those are the super fun part. But then you need to teach yourself what program are you going to use to edit? And then how do you import it? And then how do you export it? And then are you going to overlay music? And, uh, you know, and when you overlay music, are you going to have it go into it? Are you going to give a talking intro at the start? Which people that listen to mine, I started with talking intros, introducing the guests and then diving into it. But I realized a lot of that just comes organically through the conversation. And so I just get right into the interview. Plus, I'm trying to shave a little bit of time off, even though my intros were only 30 seconds to a minute. And the other thing I've learned is how easy it is to go really long. And then all of a sudden you're sitting here with this episode that's much longer than you intended for it to be. But you find yourself just really enjoying the dialogue and you keep going. And should you choose to want to edit it down you know that's a 45 minute listen times every time you stop it and splice it and rebring it together and, and it adds up to hours worth of work to bring one episode so i th- i think on the on that on the production side i I've, I've certainly of course learned a ton there but the other the other thing i don't know if it's learning or it just reaffirmed for me is that I've often told people that we have the best job in education. And I think this podcast has just reaffirmed that for me. There are so many incredible human beings in our space that just do what they do because they love it. They love kids. And to hear their stories or to hear their passion come through in these interviews, I'm thinking of Jen Hebing from Minnesota. I mean, just the passion that she comes through with. And she's very active on Twitter and shares a lot. And was just one of the at Shape America as one of the teachers of the year, Uh, but you know you hear this passion from these teachers, and it just reaffirms the work that we're doing. Whether it's you getting pre-service teachers ready to that I'll eventually work with in the field, to those in the field that are working with the kids, we just we have a lot of really great people. You know, it's a small community, and I, I think you know some of the people out there are the best at what they do, and. It was just really, it was just really a nice um, positive thing in my life to be, to, again, to have these feelings reaffirmed about our space.
0: I I completely concur with you and I can relate to you maybe more than most people can on these things, but A, the production, uh, yeah, can be a lot. I had at some point like an undergrad student editing mine, they're no longer, and it was a, actually, if you look at my, like, you can probably tell if you look at my episodes uh when it was occurring cuz I was putting out a lot more. I remember the first time I did one um you know a long time ago probably like 2015 or something. Um it took me 8 hours I think to edit my first episode. It's hard and, it's and a it lot didn't of work. come out good either. And it was like me really trying to play with the audio and Yeah. And I ruined the audio in a way from playing with it so much. And I totally all, I, I feel like, um, I, I feel really, really, uh, like privileged to have been in this space in a variety of ways. And one is because of the guest. I now like the guest I get to have on, they become friends because you get to spend a nice amount of time with them in this like intimate setting. And also, um, I kind of feel like I get, like, the best professional development, like, I could ever get, because, you know, I have people on that are experts, and I'm making questions for them, so I'm looking at their work, and then I have an hour of one-on-one time asking about their expertise. It's, like, I, I feel, like, almost, like, um I don't know, like, it's it feels like, yeah, this, like, privileged thing that I have that's, like, I get this best professional development. I could ever have all the time, uh, when I do these podcasts. So I, I relate it, It's, it's awesome to be in this space. And, and it is, and
1: I've taken things that my, that my guests have shared, yeah, share it with my staff then, you know, so like I'm benefiting and then I'm benefiting another 39 teachers that are that, or I would hope, but whether they use it or not, I guess that's a different conversation for another episode about leadership, I suppose. But, um, you, but you, but you get the idea, you know, I, I hear things and I'm, and I'm sharing, it out with my staff. And so, no, you're absolutely right. There is a level of privilege and and gratitude is another word I would use is I'm grateful people, you know, they give up the time to come on and, uh, but I I have to jump back to something else you said about, you know, the types of guests. It was funny. Like I didn't even like the, I had like announced the podcast and I already had certain, um, just individuals from the space that maybe aren't teachers that were like sending me message, private messages to be like, Hey, I'd love to be on your podcast. I'm like, you haven't even listened to one episode yet. Like you have no idea what it's about or if I'm even any good at this, you like, it was, it was really interesting, but that, that's just a little side nugget.
0: Yes. Um. So my last question for you is just, so what now you did a season, I believe nine episodes and uh yep. and you realize how hard it is yeah <laughs> so what what's what's the direction you're looking at when can we expect season two
1: all good questions yeah so I actually do think I'd like to maybe bring a few guests back and maybe do like a season one wrap up and just get their perspective of like hey which episodes did you like or or whatever maybe even have someone maybe interview me a little bit for the guests just to you know like what was my favorite episode or what are some clips that I liked so, so maybe put a 10th episode out for this season. I will be honest with the listeners, uh, that I, that weekly, uh, the weekly routine became quite a bit for me, um, from finding the guests to, you You would think scheduling shouldn't be that hard, but, but like it is, you know, and so you're, you're doing them sometimes at these obscure times. Cause that's what works. And you, and you have to be the flexible one because it's your, cause it's their life. They're the guests. So you have to be the flexible one. So. So it's difficult. So I, I the a few things are top of mind for me is that the just the amount of shows will slow down. So I will probably go to a I haven't decided yet, but whether it's every three weeks or every maybe even just once a month. I think just for the where I'm at in my life with a young family and a variety of other things going on, that's probably more realistic for me to not get burnt out and to ultimately continue to bring content that people seem to appreciate. So there's that. Uh, I am finally starting to come out of the fog and thinking of when could i start that season two um i've kind of you know just kind of detached a little bit since my last episode and so i'm torn I'm, I'm wondering like do i release any during the summer or do i maybe line up a number of guests during the summer and then start releasing them once the school year starts maybe um so that's kind of what i'm wondering you know use the summer to get interviews done and do that you want to jump in
0: no no i i know that there's i think Risto does that with the playing with research one uh to some degree and i think it's probably a really good thing i don't have a cadence um you know my i have a lack of cadence i don't know if that's good or bad but um probably bad but <laughs> uh, as
1: long as you're putting it out i think like you're not trying to be a brand so i think it's fine if you're trying to be a not- brand something, you know, they'd probably tell you, you need to have a cadence, same time every week. I you know? would
0: say the same for you, though, you know, like, it's, you know, people should be happy that it's out there, um you know, it's great if you're putting on a cadence and such, but it is a lot of work, and how, how young is your family?
1: I have a, so my younger daughter will be one on May 13th, and then I have a four-year-old as well, so... Yeah, right. Right in the throes of it, and the, the other thing I was just going to throw on top of that though is that I I can foresee that with my current format um, that it'll run its course, um, and I just mean that you know I've kind of used the same questions, and you know, right currently right now, if you listen to all nine episodes, ex- I would say except for maybe the Melissa Bittner one's only about assessment, so that one's a little bit of a different sort of thing, and then. The Heidi Ambrosius one is more just sort of uh, it's a pretty heavy preschool focus, which I, I really enjoyed. And that was actually one of my favorite conversations because it felt like we didn't have a script of questions and we were just having a great conversation back and forth. And I found I really enjoyed that. But I could I can anticipate that my format will run its course of talking to practitioners and just kind of getting the same questions. So I'm going to have to get creative about it could be a variety of things, right? I could talk to, I could do, you know, specific, like, hey, let's talk about the TGMD, let's talk about the c-tape, or the, you know, there's a the new secondary one from, I think it's Perky Vetter that's coming out and has been, um, they've run the statistical data for the state of California, so it works in California, but you can't call it um, standardized across the country yet, you know. But talking about these things, or maybe you know, the book you recommended. Justin Hagel's book that looks at the research for the different disabilities and, you know, you know, like a book review, maybe that's something I do. So I I think I need to look at my format and maybe, you know, continue with that practitioner focus because I do think there's a craving there, but then sprinkling in some other things.
0: I think I'm excited to see uh, season two and I'm excited to see Chris's uh, journey onward um And I totally understand, too, the young family. My daughter turns three in two weeks. We're having a shark yellow-green party. She picked the themes.
1: There you go. Yeah. We yeah. had a, my four-year-old's party was a cat theme because she loves cats. So, like... Didn't even know that, could, I mean, anything could be a theme, but that was certainly not top of mind for me. So <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. why parenting, we'll, we'll have to do a parenting pod sometimes. Yes, that
0: would be, actually, that was recently suggested. It was,
1: that. yeah, by um,
0: yes, I'm doing Danielle from Colorado. Yes, which actually would be a great one to, for one of us to hop on because that's important. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, I wish you luck with everything uh, and, you know, keep keep on rocking.
1: Scott, I appreciate it. I think we can start throwing the jargon friend of the pod around, right? We can say we're a friend of the podcast when we come on each other's. And I, I do want to get yours. On, I, I would love to find a, an avenue for you to talk about uh, on my podcast to have the original podcaster on. So we'll make sure we set that up. But thanks for having me. Really appreciate everything.
0: All right. Thanks.